Here's the situation. Mm -hmm. There's been a revolution in America, and as part of that, you are only going to get to keep three of the ten original amendments that are in the Bill of Rights. You get a vote as to which three to keep. Which three are the most important three for you to keep? I know, I know, one of them is not number three. Okay. I know, I know that. If well, I don't know that because I'm not sure of my amendments, but I'm sure you'll you'll recap. I have. A few. We'll, we'll go over the okay. amendments when we come back to that. <laughs> I'm T.J. Jagodowski. I'm Rush Howell, and this is here's the situation, a uh, real podcast about hypothetical situations. And this week's theme uh, is New Year's revolution. Uh, and we're actually close to New Year's right now. People won't we be are. when That's they right. when they listen to this. This will be like that'll be great to think about around St. Patrick's Day or yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell myself right now. You better be sticking to your uh, your resolutions, Rush. <laughs> You're doing okay through seven days, but uh, when when I actually hear this, I'll probably have fallen off the wagon. And and even though you changed the word Rush, I I couldn't help but have it in in my head a little bit. And so we'll probably this first. This first situation is gonna is gonna be. Uh, I hope it doesn't defy the pun. Uh, I'll uh, I'll just say uh, that. every time we have the pun, <laughs> I then use the thing. <laughs> All right, that you, you know, off like of. myth doubt fire. <laughs> right, I had to do one when it's Mrs. Outfire. Really. Same here. Yeah. Same here. Every time. So, Rush, here's the situation. Yes, great. Um, at the start of a new year, people often commit to starting to do something or stopping doing something. Yes, I uh, would like to know the longest commitment you've kept to doing something. And the longest commitment you've kept to not doing something. Specifically from a New Year's resolution. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be from a New Year's resolution just in your life. Uh, but what I, I, I don't want like, man, haven't had a uh, mango in 30 years. Uh, you know, like, but I don't like mango. It has to be something that you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to start doing this or I am going to stop doing this. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good one because. I'm allowed to do things where I stopped for a long time and then started uh -huh. again, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, if it, hey, it was just a, you know, if it was like, hey, for two months, I said I was gonna, you know, like hit the gym every day or you know, hit the gym every other day, and I did it, and you know, maybe it's just a, a sixty day thing. I and, find that most of my kind of successes in those <laughs> regards, right, where I try to jumpstart a change to my life, historically, they're most often successful for a period of. The the good ones, right? The ones that, that go down in memory <laughs> are successful for a period of three to nine months okay. for, the, for the most part. So I've done things where I, I routinely take January. I, I, I probably haven't had an alcoholic beverage in January in five years. Hmm. I always take January off, but one year I, I made it through April. Okay. Um, Just really more as an effort to lose weight than anything else. But that that's pretty difficult. Uh. You know, you're kind of laughing. You're like, yeah, I've, I'm at however many years, so way to go. Um, <laughs> no, I am not. I am not down. I am not downselling at all or downplaying the, the ability to not for any amount of time. But I, I've done certain diets where I made it probably six months straight on that. But I, I, I'm struggling to think of things where I've said, okay, for the rest of my life, I'm not going to do something that I have historically done. Like, I never smoked. Mm -hmm. I have not quit drinking altogether, though I drink a lot less than I did in my 20s. I haven't ever... The one I can't commit to is, like, I never get good at um, going to bed early. Okay. I always say, like, hey, go to bed earlier. I mean, I don't make it two days on that one. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what that's all about, but I'm just that that seems like something I'm not going to be able to change. When you said the good ones that come to your mind, you put it like there were ones that were like three to nine months. Yes. What what was popping in your head um, specifically when you thought of those like three to nine month commitments? Oh, so many times I have lost 30 plus pounds, um, probably five or six times in my life. Okay. And, uh, usually, usually I do kind of an overall life overhaul where I make sure I put more focus on exercise and eating and not drinking alcohol. And I'm, I can, in the bad years where I don't like my new year's resolution, I don't get very far, you know, maybe it like sticks for a week or two in the good years. It's more like that three to nine month, but it's, it's more like an amalgam of a lot of things, but uh, when I was a senior in 
college, uh, when I finished my junior year of college, I got to an all-time high weight of about 180 pounds, which would be great to weigh today. <laughs> and I was real thin in uh, high school, um, too thin. And I spent that summer, um, I was gonna, I cast myself in a role in a play <laughs> where I think I, you know, needed to not be overweight. And I, I went from 180 to like 155 over the summer before my senior year of college. Several people like didn't recognize me as I came back. Uh, that what, was what took you so long, dude. You dropped ten pounds this week. Yeah, but the, well, <laughs> one eighty to one fifty five is a lot harder. Or I'm, you know, I'm, I think it was one, yeah, maybe like one eighty three to one fifty five. That's a lot harder. I, I mean, I wasn't like one eighty three is not that bad. No, no. but to get down to one fifty five, I was running. I was running very hard. Uh, I was doing like forty miles a week and also dieting and everything. So that I stuck to that. Um, I, I could give the other examples, but I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to hear uh, my history of several uh, several successful um, and then you know ultimately entirely unsuccessful uh, diet efforts. I don't know what, what you know other than giving up alcohol. What yeah. things have you either started or stopped that you were able to hold a long time? Um, I mean, yeah, I was trying to think of actual moments of commitment. You know, moments of like saying, like, I am going to do this. I am not going to do that. And sometimes, you know, like it just is is it, it's either not to that level or or just something that happens in my head of like, you know what, I'm going to start reading more. You know, it's not like a specified yeah. like I am going to read, you know, a certain amount of books or a certain amount of days in a row. Um, I so like my recent commitments have been like to not, you know, to not drink anymore to um, fidelity, you know, like um, fidelity and in uh in marriage one thing that i did commit to that's been a couple of years now that was i used to get um if i would get a phone call from my brother if i was on the train i would just let it go to like voicemail or if it you know like it, it's a busy day i'm right in the middle of something or it's cold out and i have to take my gloves off to 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 answer i would just let it go to voicemail right but for i, I don't know how long it feels like two or three years now if the phone rings and i see it and it's my brother i pick it up Okay. Um, I don't, I don't let, you know, I don't miss a chance to talk to him through inconvenience or, or whatever, whatever other, whatever other excuse. So I have, that I, is nice I mean, of you. I, I hate talking on the phone. I same. I, um, I don't really enjoy it either. So there's nobody, there's nobody that has the, you got a hundred percent chance of me <laughs> picking it up. I do try. Yeah. I try to be okay on that generally, but I, I just think, look, you can always, Give me back. And mo I think most people have now adopted the approach, which is if the call's really important, you do the quick follow-up text. Okay, you know, right. It says, hey, do this or that. Um, but that's, yeah, the, the, that's good. I mean, probably the most important one I did was, I was probably like a lawyer for about three years, and I was kind of mentally half in, half out. You know, I, I kind of thought, well, I don't know how long I will be at this firm, which is a fair thing to think. Mm -hmm. It's hard to stay at the same firm a long time. And I didn't know for sure kind of whether I really wanted to do it. And I just had a day, I remember pretty clearly saying, what are you doing? You're spending 50 to 80 hours a week of your life doing this. Yeah. And you're kind of not all in mentally about it you're kind of like well maybe i should do something different or i'll find something better or whatever and that was i think an important and, and very healthy and helpful thing i did where i made a commitment to say no this is what you do so try to be as good at it as you try it would try to be at anything else and yeah. see how that goes I, I i as you were talking one one thing that did change for me that that i just just kind of realized is like when i was a kid the the only thing we you know we'd commit every Lent you know the Catholics right. have this period of Lent and you know like yeah we and, we did that too okay and so like for forty days basically I think forty days not counting Sundays you would say like hey I'm not gonna and you know and uh, for a little while as a kid it was just like I'm not gonna eat just ice cream you know like right. it was it wasn't a super challenge and then later as I got older like no sweets for forty days and a promise to myself was the promise I would not break I that was a sacred bond a promise to myself. At some point, I'm not sure when, the promise to myself became like, ah, that's negligible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, I'll, I'll let myself off the hook. Uh, well, back when you just one. had one a year, you know, because you're a kid, so you're just like, uh, just just complete 
uh, hedonist, <laughs> you know, at all times. And so then when you have an occasional like oper- moment where you have to take responsibility and make a promise, like that's an outlier. My my word so to myself was the it. most sacred bond I could right, have. But you've only making one of them a year. Now, like I got to make a million promises to myself. You know, like I got you, you got to have the promise of like I'm just I'm not going to give up. Right? Right. I'm going to wake up and keep going and doing all the things that I do. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I remember, I mean, my most successful things I ever gave up were all like before I was five, right? It was like, <laughs> stop sucking your thumb. All right, I, I got that one done. Stop picking your nose. Still, still, you know? pal, to this day, that's a, that's a long standing commitment. Yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a 30 something year commitment you've made. Right. Use the toilet. <laughs> and, but, but for two or three occasions, I'm, uh, why are you telling me about these three months commit, three month commitments you've yeah. made when you have a, a treasure trove of years, 40 year commitments, mostly hitting the toilet. <laughs> yeah. So, Except right, for one day you've told us about on this, on this program. <laughs> oh yeah. That's one. I've got a couple others, but I'm not going to, let's not, let's not get into those. You know what? Uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback on that one with the one that I had, because I think it's different enough that Great. it's like the New Year's resolution type okay. one, even though we're on New Year's revolutions. Uh, TJ, here's the situation. Yep. You are visited by the tr- the tradition troll. Okay. This is the entity, uh, the troll, who is the one who is overall in charge of deciding what traditions we utilize and what traditions we don't. It's very hard to get him to change his mind. That's why traditions last so long, because he's a stubborn fucking troll. <laughs> but occasionally, you know, you can you can turn his head and get him to change his views. But the tradition troll is also willing to, you know, listen to other people and think about, um, you know, some ideas. And so he wants to talk to you about a couple traditions, and we'll go. We'll take them one at a time. Okay, and we'll see which ones you think. He's considering some changes, and you say, I want the pros and cons, whether it's an easy choice or maybe it's worth thinking about. So for one thing, he says, all right, New Year's, he's like, New, New Year's resolutions, right? <laughs> They've always been, you make a resolution for yourself, a promise to yourself, and try to keep it, and then people give them up all the time. So I'm thinking, I I reverse the tradition, and I have a magical power where that works, and then the, going forward... Other people give you your resolutions for the year. <laughs> Would that be better or worse, and why? Uh, oh, that'd be so much worse. <laughs> that would be so much worse. And I'll and I'll get into why if, if you really oh, yeah, feel I want like to know I why. <laughs> uh, well, uh, remember it would be tradition for decades. Of course, and so it of wouldn't course, be, wouldn't feel out, out of the blue. Um, people can be unkind. Um, people can be indelicate, people can be mean, and people may find an opportunity to tell someone else uh, something they should change over the course of a year, uh, an opportunity to either be purposefully or accidentally mean, unkind, or indelicate at that at that time. Um, also, it may not be, in most cases, it may not be for someone else to tell you what what you should what you should change. Um, well, who who's more likely to be right on that? <laughs> Uh, well, let's just say all I really care about is wh- is what's going to cause you to improve most likely. Uh, Who's going to have a better sense of what you need to do? Well, uh, m- perhaps a stranger, but um, I-, I I can tell you who who will have a better success rate is is more is is the a desire to change coming from inside as opposed to being put on you from an outside an outside pressure. Yeah, I saw the film Inception which really <laughs> suggests that's true. So I, that makes sense. I think it it could also uh again intentionally or unintentionally cause a lot of strife or distress between two people um for some person to realize, "Huh, you you think I need to do that." A um uh, and could also end up with some um, sheerly retaliatory resolutions then right. being being dealt out uh, in return. I'm hearing you. suits being filed immediately. I hear you. And I'm, I'm leaning against this one. But <laughs> if I had to go down this route, uh, should it be strangers or should it be your loved ones that give you the resolutions? Oh, so good you... goddamn loved ones. Okay. Oh, good Lord. Because you strangers? said strangers, which uh, I didn't quite understand, but okay. Uh, well, I, I mean, like, I guess would be all surface level without a doubt resolution without a doubt here. Here's a way I think you might be able if, if you choose to do that this way is to have it be that 
at the at the end of the year or whatever, someone tells you something that you already do really, really well. Uh-huh. And perhaps then that encourages you to work on one of the fields or areas that they didn't mention uh, that may not already be one of your one of your strengths. What if you were to make your own list and then uh, hand it to your loved ones and they would pick two for you to focus on the most? Uh, yeah, that's that seems too complicated. I think yeah, I think now we're getting into some paperwork. So yeah. more than a tradition at that point. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, here's another one. All right. I've been thinking about a lot of people have suggested this one to me. I don't like to change traditions, but. Uh, they've said, on your birthday, you receive a bunch of gifts. Would it be better for the birthday person to give gifts, to reach out to everyone that hmm. they know, and use that as an opportunity for them to connect outward instead of uh, receive the gifts? Um, you know what? I don't mind it. I think it's a, I think it's a better idea than perhaps reversing the, the New Year's resolution. But um, on that person's one day out of the year that they were brought into the world, I think it's still good to have it be an influx of gifts that day as opposed to as opposed to uh an out an outflux yeah i think um, it puts too much stress on the birthday boy or girl to choose who they have to give I, gifts I, that, that was the next thing like where the cutoff point is you know like could could uh could make something apparent between a couple of friends who uh as to who is in the inner circle and who rests outside of the inner circle what if instead of uh you know, now because we've got social media and other ways to express yourself, what if instead of receiving gifts, you have an opportunity where you get a platform to give a, a speech or write a note or some sort of overall statement of uh, like a state of the union is what you do on your birthday instead of receiving gifts? I think that opportunity is there all year round. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You're not, you're not prohibited from doing that. At any time. Yeah. This is why I don't like changing traditions. Most yeah, of the I mean, traditions are good. Right, right. Or have settled in for the right reasons, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, here's one that uh, people have been asking me about, which is they say, uh, you know, inf- with inflation and everything what it is, it's not making a ton of sense to have uh, uh, children receive uh, uh, coins when they lose teeth. Ah, sure. And there's the tooth fairy. Yep. Uh, but I, you know, no one's come to me with a good, clean suggestion of what the tradition replacement should be. So I'm not inclined to remove the, the tooth fairy. But if I were, what should be happening when a kid loses a tooth? Um, you know, like I, I think maybe uh, this might be fun. Uh, it takes some planning. Um, that uh, you get like a piece of something. Let's let's. Uh, I I'm having a hard time coming up how to phrase it. Every time you lose a tooth you get a piece of something. Maybe it's a piece of a message or a piece of a larger object that keeps on building with each lost tooth until your last baby tooth, at which point you get the last piece of the message and it says, you know, like, hey, let's use these grown-up teeth to go out and eat a... You know, a waffle Sunday, or oh boy, okay, um, and so also the the cost, and as opposed to like, uh, you know, I don't know what the going rate is for a, a child's tooth now. It was a quarter when I was when I was. I got young it's or, a dollar. Okay, so maybe it leads up to something. Then that is however many baby teeth bucks, twenty bucks. You know, um, y'all go you you go out and grab something that you like, or if it was the piece of a larger object at all, and this would take much more planning, it all fits together to complete yeah. the the whole at the at the end. And then yeah. I mean I'm not gonna change that because my view is that these children aren't gonna have the patience <laughs> for you. the long payoff. <laughs> you know, I, in my experience, I'm a troll. I've spent some time with some children. I don't have children of my own. But I could say that it seems to me that they are pretty, uh, they are pretty short-term focused. It is, yeah, they are. But you know, a lesson in, in delayed gratification, you know, might might be might be exactly right. what's needed. But is it the right time to teach a child a lesson when they've already had the rough experience of having a part of their bone structure come right out? <laughs> I of mean, their, I mean, that's a rough moment. I, you may not know this about humans; it's it's not as bad as you might as you might think. Oh, I tell you, for trolls, yeah. it's rough. Okay, yeah, gotcha. We got yeah. big teeth. Human mouths, where we we deal with it, we deal with it a little, uh, not too bad. Not All right, bad. and then I always like to uh, before I end a conversation when I meet someone because the tradition troll hides himself from most people mm-hmm. is say any any traditions out there 
uh, that you think, um, you know, that, that don't give me the ones that everybody knows are kind of terrible, right? Yeah. But uh, uh, any kind of idiosyncratic ones where you say, yeah, you know, there's a tradition that I would like the tradition troll to maybe give an overhaul to. Yeah, I, I kind of invented one. It, there, right. there's, a, there's a little one that's already out there. And oddly enough, it was born on this day. Or no, because of an event that happened this day a few years ago, we lost a common friend to ours named Jason Chin. Yes, and uh, and there was a toast offered uh, the a couple of days afterwards at a theater that uh, that my friend Rush and I were uh, okay. work at, and uh, and I, I was struck by the fact that so many beautiful things were said about him, and that there was um, a real sense of community around it, and that um, there was just glowing, you know praise and that it, the one guy who should have heard it was the one guy who wasn't who wasn't invited mm. and that um there there could be a day um and we we called it say day um because it was the date is w- how you would punch it into a phone if it was say right oh okay right does that make sense the a's the a's are on the two right yes yeah so it was seven two nine okay so um it july was, 29th. Yeah, july 29th um, where for no good reason in particular, you just tell how, you know, however many people you want to, if it's one, if it's 10 or whatever, that you appreciate them, what you like about them. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of an unofficial compliment day where you just let someone know that they mean something to right. you while they can still be, you know, um, elevated by it, lifted by it, made happy by it. And we don't wait until someone's gone to say like, you know what? They were really, you know, kind or sweet or good at this, or they meant this to me. So, um, I would, I would. Offer that as a as a mm-hmm. tradition to to be. I will note that you could do that every day. <laughs> you absolutely like, just can. Just like the birthday girl can absolutely. Uh, use that, utilize. But sometimes I, people just don't think to do it. Oh, no, but I like your point that uh, they always say there's a cliche that uh, I hope people say things that nice at my funeral. Right. <laughs> and it is kind of sad to think that the person doesn't get to hear those yeah. things at the funeral. There was some movie that I saw. I don't see a ton of movies. Uh, everyone thinks that I have you seen, seen Trolls. Yeah, see, you see, haven't. No. See, okay. I was going to say everyone thinks I've seen yeah, Trolls. No, I haven't. No, <clears throat> and I think I won't ever. Um, I do. I I have seen a few movies though. One of them was uh, about these kids dying of cancer, uh, and so it's a rough. You movie. picked that. Yeah. Uh, of well, all of all the stuff to. Yeah, you ever you heard know. of like the jerk or uh, you know? There's a lot of a lot of fun stuff you can. I don't have. remember this. This was something about the light and the stars or something. Wow, it was like Shailene Woodley. Hmm. I don't know. I'm a troll. I don't wow. know these people that well. You went to uh, an art house, Ansel Inglehart. Uh, I think it was, and they oh were children dying of, of cancer. And they had a they had a moving part of it. wasn't a terrific movie. The light is in our stars, maybe. But they uh, they had a moment where um, these kids who knew each other were. Uh, you know, in in some tough times, uh, stage a, a fake funeral for each other oh, okay. and, and read speeches that they would read at the funeral, which was a nice thing. So, uh, not a bad idea. I'll take it into consideration. Can't we fix this? Uh, uh, the nicest things that are ever said about you are said after you're dead. <laughs> part of uh, part of life. And when you get a shot, just check out like Jaws or Raiders. Of the Lost oh, I love Jaws. Oh, okay, okay, oh, good. yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> All right, Rush. Here's the situation. Uh, revolution made me think of the American Revolution and then jobs from that time that just don't exist anymore. Okay. Cooper, Fletcher, Chandler, and how they've also, those also became last names, uh, yes. you know. And so I'm going to give you some surnames that could have been around at the time of the American Revolution. And just based on the surname, I'd like you to tell me what profession they had that led that led to that Terrific. name. What cool? is a Chandler? I just I'm I gonna... believe it was a candle maker. Okay. Yeah, I believe. A Fletcher, I think. The the, the Makes arrows. feathers on arrows, okay, yeah. the whole arrows, and then a oh Cooper, no no I think you might be right I think maybe they put the the arrows on there Cooper barrel maker and then other ones that that uh, that I won't be giving you because they're they're clear it's like a Miller spin. and yeah right and uh, whatever right uh, you know Cartwright um, so these may not they these may not have you know the er ending even to to imply but we'll say these all came from professions got cool? it and I want to I want to tie it to a profession that would have been around in yep. 1776 sure you know you got, you got some latitude okay good um, Rush yes Turner is the name uh, okay a uh, Turner I'm going to say is someone who ran a printing press. Okay, and would help uh, put together books, and it came from uh, they had to flip through the pages to make sure that the binding of the <laughs> wasn't too 
uh, thick and stuck. At turners were page turners. Yeah. Okay, page good. Turners. Um, how about a Morgan? Aha, yes. Uh, a Morgan, uh, back in those days, uh, was necessary um, to uh, recap uh, events from other towns. It was a, it was like oh, a crier okay. kind of, except a, a Mor- when the Morgan came to town, uh, the folks around would go and listen to the Morgan tell news from afar. Wow, And so that was cool. the Morgan, yeah. My nice. friend, uh, Brand Morgan, That's his family was a long line. Of, okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, how about a a, a Martin? A Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, M-A-R-T-I-N or T-E-N? Yes. T-I-N. Okay, because the other one is a type of bird. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a Martin, uh, what those were, were uh, uh, back, in, back in revolutionary days, uh, you know, they wore a lot of different stuff than we wear today. Mm-hmm. And... Um, one of the difficulties uh, that they had was it was it was less easy to uh, button up all your stuff. Okay, you know gotcha. today we oh, live yeah. in Tons this of like, yeah, right. great world of yeah. uh, easy buttoning. Yeah, and, zippers. You, know, you can and... even have a collar without a button in oh, these days. Sure. Uh, but back then, uh, the Martins were um, kind of a niche uh, uh, profession, which was uh, for fancy ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know. N- Kind of, they would have been nobles, but post revolution, we tried to like ixnay on uh-huh, the right. nobility, but it was, they still kind of were, right? So you'd have a Martin over at like Thomas Jefferson's place, and their whole job was to zip and button all sorts of different people up. Okay, perfect, yeah. perfect. How about a Campbell? C A M P B E L L. Uh, yeah, so uh, Campbell uh, was there to keep dogs, uh, stray dogs, out of your out, oh, of, wow. out, out of your business. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought it would have, I thought it might have something to do with a camp or a bell, and it doesn't. Nope. It's just not keeping dogs to, out of your not business. Not a thing to do with either. <laughs> well, your... you know, it's funny that you say that because originally uh, it came it came about because the first Campbell, Tom Campbell, Thomas Campbell. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Well, you didn't know him. You didn't know him well enough to call him Tom. No, I, I, right, right. Like history has allowed us to call him Tom, but he, he was named Thomas, and he was at a campsite uh, where all, uh, all of these dogs uh, were, were all up in people's business. And Thomas's actual last name at the time was, believe it or not, Martin. Oh no, because he had come okay. from a button, button, button down family. family. Yes, and so Thomas. Uh, Martin at the time was great at rustling these dogs off the people in the camp, and w- the way that he did it was he came by and just he had a, oh, he had a gotcha. bell, a cowbell, and he was just dinging it along and he said, get out of here you, gotcha. get out of here yeah. you, and uh, so they said, boy, that Thomas Campbell uh, with the camp bell is really good at chasing these dogs away or and keeping these dogs out of our business. Yeah, keeping the dogs out yeah. of business. Well, yeah, because it morphed. <laughs> To where it wasn't just, oh, these dogs are trying to get into my tent. It was a lot of, like, dogs were trying to invade, like, the accounting right, gotcha. and, uh, you know, waste management rackets of the time. Right. Yeah, I've got a, a book on some of these professions. How about a uh, a Parker? Uh, Parker would, uh, you know, as you would expect, uh, was there to get your coach. Uh, it, it okay. Was, it, it, it's where modern parking has come from, but it's fascinating because what would happen is if you had a coach at that time and you left it, um, there were often there were often areas in the newfound city in the newly formed cities, right, where there was barely anywhere to possibly put oh, sure. uh, a coach. And so what the Parker would do is they would go and when you moved your coach away, they would stand there for a couple of hours, however long you paid them for, basically, ah. and just hold your spot. Gotcha. OK. And that's, and that's really a where, human dibs. Yeah. That's where parking came from. The kind of uh, it was an offshot of that. And here's offshot. the last one. Uh, a Stewart. A Stewart. Uh, Stewart's just like a. Uh, it, it's a. It's a old time lawyer. Lawyer. Okay. But they Bye. only deal. They only deal with um. Uh, kind of uh, plaintiff related stuff. Okay. So it was. Oh, uh, I need a lawyer. No, you need a Stewart. Okay. Specifically, gotcha. because right. you've got an injury. They were like. They. They were like. TV advertiser lawyers back then. Oh, okay. Perfect. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> All right. Great. Okay. Uh, TJ. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Here's the situation. <laughs> okay. It's a, uh, it's a new year. Yeah. And so you were thinking about, you know, <laughs> looking into a couple of diets. Oh, and no. And so we have a few new 
Uh, these are fad diets right. that are backed up by actual science. I need you to rank them for me. We've done this okay. a couple times. So each of these, believe it or not, there's science behind it. You you read the science and it says, yeah, this is this works. And I want you to rank these four things in the order of which you would be most likely to do to least likely to do. If I'm able, I'm going to commit to doing one of these for a day. Well, there's there's one that'll be no problem <laughs> okay. for you to do for a day, but maybe to do it for three days, I'm not sure. Uh, there, you can do several of these, several of these. There's one you might want to just adopt. In the past, it, I would have had to carry around a 15 pound ham yeah. for for a full day. Yeah, there's one where you could only eat cream and uh, right. But as I thought about it, I really I, one of them. Uh, I think our most recent one that. Uh, was broadcast or released? I think what had a had a diet thing in there, and one of them was the O O baby. Yeah, and that one you could do for a day for oh, sure. You for could sure. do O baby, I could no do problem. O baby for a yeah. month. Yeah, and kind of enjoy it, or at least a week, and yeah. kind of enjoy it. Um, part of it, part of part and that of that one the was fun. you could only have baby food yep. or foods that start with the letter yeah. O. Is that right? Yep. Okay. And part of the fun would just be looking up all these other foods that you know start yeah. with O. Like or I, I think one I hadn't even thought of was like orichetti, I believe, which is like yeah. a, the ear shaped noodle oh, I or love whatever. Those. One yeah, of my like, favorite pastas. You could really do it with olive oil and olives, oh, and you know, and, one, and oregano. You could yeah. really you could have a nice meal. Get some oysters for the app. Sure. Oh my god, we we ought to do yeah, sometime this summer. We should do one week where we pick a letter, okay. maybe at random. <laughs> okay. We just draw a letter and we do the O oh, baby. Let's not do any of the baby food, but it'll be available if you want it. Okay, so here are the four diets. Let's do them. There's one called Cake and Break. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a three-day rotation. You do it for a month, so you do eat the rotation 10 times. Day one, you can only eat cake, nothing else. Ooh, All okay. the cake you want, mm. but nothing but cake. Yummy. Day two, you don't eat a damn thing. Oh, Straight up fast. Day three, totally normal meal. Repeat okay. back into the cake and break. <laughs> okay, all right. That's cake and break. All okay, right. That's cake and break. Second one's called Toast Busters. Ooh, yeah. Toast Busters. Yeah, you're gonna call uh, your your dietitian, <laughs> and he's gonna say Toast Busters. You can only eat three things on Toast Busters. Oh. Toast. Yes. Peanut Buster Parfaits from Dairy Queen. <laughs> Very specifically, yeah. Dairy Queen Peanut <laughs> Buster Parfaits. Oh, okay. Or if you want, if you can recreate it more or less, you can have it. And green, what they call green slime shakes, oh. which are those kind of like, they're like a healthy like kale shake. Okay. And you, you can decide what you eat and when, but your ratio has to be four toast, <laughs> four pieces of toast to one parfait to one green shake. Okay. All right. So you, you decide. But right. if you want to have two shakes, then you got to eat eight pieces okay, of toast. Okay, eight pieces of toast. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and if you want a parfait, I'm sorry, but you got to throw down a shake to yep. get there. Um, third one. Shop so you drop. Oh. All right. With this one, you pay a service $100 a week. Okay. And they give you one hour uh -huh. of supermarket sweep style, just attack on any grocery store you want. So you pick the grocery store, like a Whole Foods, okay. Trader Joe's, uh, Jewel, whatever. You know grocery stores. I don't yeah. know why I'm listening. <laughs> so... You pick one of those, and you get. It was to, people for regional, regional yeah. people. Piggly Wiggly, Piggly Wiggly, Wegman. You got your yeah. <laughs> Shaws. Yeah, your Motastics. What is that? Shoprite. No one <laughs> knows for sure that it doesn't exist. You got Hagen. That was a grocery store I worked a, a case for. Um, and you get, you get to go in for one hour mm -hmm. and buy all the groceries you want. Get whatever you want. And it's all free. It's all your hundred bucks uh, a week or whatever I said it was. I may mm -hmm. have said a month, but it, it is, and it's hundred bucks a week that you pay for this, and that's all you can eat. Period for the week. Okay. So no cheating whatsoever. You can't have even if it's free food somewhere else. You can only eat that stuff you bought for the week. Okay. So it focuses on planning and efficiency at the grocery store. Yes. And then finally, Sesame Street. Hmm. Sensible, sounds nice. Sensible breakfast. Sensible lunch. Yeah. And dinner has to be either sesame chicken or sesame fish. And then at 3 and 9 p.m., you have to put a flavored rock in your mouth for 15 minutes. <laughs> That's the street portion of it. And it's an appetite suppressant. But it tastes straight up like hey. a... It's like a rock. It's hey. an actual rock. Yeah. With a stone in your mouth. So, uh, but flavored? Yeah, it's flavored. The flavor last? No. For sure not. It's it's like uh, it's like it's one of those dipped in jelly. Gum. Yeah, it's a like quench gum. Okay, you know those like horrible like <laughs> like Gatorade gum uh, is bad, but quench is the the flavor's gone uh, in like eight seconds. Okay, 
easily number one without a without a close peer. Yep, is the shop so I drop right? I was saying you might actually just adopt I would that love if that. you could. Yeah, yeah. I don't take more than an, I don't take more than an hour to grocery shop. Anywho, I think, mm-hmm. and you don't eat that many meals in restaurants. No, no, almost never. Um, so shops, so you drop might be how I live my life. This may actually be how I live my life okay. already. Yeah, uh, and I don't mind that the would planning. Be a disaster for me. <laughs> disaster because like. If you travel, you're just effed, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to think about. Yeah, I guess you buy just some pack, jerky you and all pack this stuff, stuff you, you bought. You bought yeah. during that during your shopping spree, right? Um, I would say I would go on record as saying, in less than well, in no month. I'm sorry, in no week. Excuse me, in no week of the last twenty years has over 25% of what I ate in that week been bought at oh, one God. during one trip to the oh, grocery God. store. So it would be this would be a oh, major God. shift in life and lifestyle for me. <laughs> that's that's a staggering fact. Yeah. That's a stag- I mean it's it's hyperbole but it's close <laughs> enough to true that I'm going to say it. Uh, my number 2 and this might surprise you, I don't know. Sesame Street. Oh God! Flavored okay. rock. Put that yeah. rock in your mouth. Flavored yeah. rock. You must like sesame chicken and fish. Fine. Not terribly, <laughs> but but uh, but the the other two options okay. don't sound don't sound great. Okay. Um, I think cake and break is number three. Yeah. Um, that's it's, that's one good day <laughs> and two. Yeah. One kind of weirdly good day, but and then, it's, a, then, and then a then tough a day. There's a day. tough day in there. Oh, yeah. God. Um. And that would leave at the end, uh, toast toastbusters. Yeah, I am. I am afraid of this toast. <laughs> <laughs> in this case, <laughs> I think I want. I, I don't know if I've told you. I want to make a T-shirt, and it's a guy in a Ghostbuster outfit, and he's sitting on kind of like a fold-out chair. You know, make, maybe some basement meeting. Yeah, and uh, he just says, uh, "If I'm totally honest, uh, busting makes me feel bad." <laughs> <laughs> and in this case. Uh, I am afraid of this toast, and Bustin' would make me feel bad. That's, yeah, that's a rough. That's a rough diet. I, don't know. I think the kale shake stuff. I mean, you know, it's not that far off from what a lot of these diets are. Anyway, <laughs> I get to have a peanut butter pus- parfait every now and then. I think the toast is really going to make it tough, though, because I got to. I mean, I, I I assume the rationale behind this diet is that you fill up on this toast, so you really can't go. But you, you know, got bananas. zero meat. And, yeah. and no, but you got a ton of protein in that. This kale shake is, you know, uh, it's like those things you get off the shelf, right? That are the um, yeah superpower, super veg. It's you know, a, whatever. You got two. You got two liquids. One really viscous liquid. Yeah. You got two liquids and toast. <laughs> You're making it sound like it's not it's so bad. It's rough. <laughs> you know, it, it's that's tough because there's nothing that's not to last spread. For you? That's there's not... nothing to spread on that toast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can it's spread la- it's your, last for me. You can spread your your Buster parfait over toast if you. I do if you love want. a peanut Buster like, parfait, mm, but why? I don't. I, I may maybe I will just to get through the damn toast. <laughs> so dry. Yeah, that's last. That's last. It's yeah. Okay. Brushes. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, yeah. The only. The only. Yeah. I think I probably have them in your order. I guess. Yeah. Um. I. I. But. But it would be more. The first one for me would be more aspirational. Right? Okay. Yeah. That would be a great thing if I could pull off. I. But I don't think I can. I don't know. <laughs> I would be very hungry a lot of the time. Yeah. I'm just not going to be like, oh, uh, there. I. I'm in New York for four days. Uh, no problem. Right. I'll pack like <laughs> a, a, a half of my suitcase. I mean, do they even let you put like that sort of? I shit think on you a- could check it. I don't think they some carry ons. Well, some carry on like the carry ons they make you take any food out and stuff. But I'd, I, I'd become a real wizard at uh, non frozen food prepared meals from some place. So I guess it would be like the salads at Whole Foods. Do you think I don't even life know. will change when your when your travel schedule changes, or do you think you'll you'll always be kind of a an eat more eat out or you know not really prepare home foods. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll probably always be that way, but I I do think that, um, you know, why I said it's hyperbole is certainly from time to time, I will take the, I'll make the effort to uh, spend uh, a few weeks or months, I usually can't stick with it, to go back to the beginning of the show, of really focusing on going to the grocery store. I find that if I walk to the grocery store once or twice a week, there may not be one other simple thing i could do that has a bigger impact on my overall uh weight gain or loss than yeah. that yeah 
but it's it's very difficult for me to find uh, the motivation. I'm not going to pretend I couldn't find the time mm-hmm. to do that, but it's very <laughs> difficult for me to find the motivation uh, with how variable my schedule is to try to pull that off. Because right. again, I think in 2019, I was probably not, I probably did not sleep in Chicago over 100 nights, probably, Man. probably 125 to 130. I don't like that. All right, Rush, here's one for you. Um, uh, so the revolution I took to Prince and the revolution. So here's the situation. When Prince first came on the scene, in many ways, something like we had, you know, like the American public hadn't seen before, maybe since Little Richard, where it's like, he, he's kind of a boy, he's kind of a girl, he's, he's, he's kind of black, he's kind of white, he's like dangerously sexual and sexy and and it was like you know what what do we do with this guy or what is this guy or this guy's weird or or like scary or totally intriguing but then you know over time and by the time he passed away it was just like oh that's prince he's like grand old man of the game you know virtuoso uh guitar player and musician he's it, it didn't have any of that same perception so you know so much anymore of like prince is uh weird or dangerous or or unknown to us it was just like oh that's prince that's yeah that's a dude those charlie murphy stories helped add some <laughs> right. mystique back in because i love just the stories you hear about prince are there's something i mean first of all you put prince in a normal situation it's already funny because prince is one of the 10 most unique people right. I can think of. <laughs> and then secondly, he seems to have done kind of whatever in, and he just has different sensibilities of, I mean, just those stories about him having like roller rinks right. and, and basketball courts <laughs> where, you know, in his house and stuff. It was just funny. So maybe the setup may not follow this, but it led me to this question. Okay. Can you recall a time, um, and going both ways, you to someone else and someone else to you, where initially you had one perception of someone, and by the end of your time together, you had a very different perception? Or if you were ever told or were able to read the room in such a way or read a person in some way, that someone had an entirely different perception of you early on than they did by the time you know your relationship matured or your friendship matured? Or, or acquaintance matured. Yeah, certainly. I've had those sort of situations. I've already told the story on this podcast that pr- maybe certainly one of my two or three best friends that I had in high mm-hmm. school. And today, I mean, he's been a great friend of mine all the way since high school. I hated yep. when I met. And that was Greg Friedman. <laughs> Uh, because he and Wallace Hester uh, really gave me the business, uh, and you know, kind of bullied me a bit. And then he, and then that was nothing like his personality whatsoever. And when you said earlier that Campbell's would keep dogs out of your business, is this yeah. part of the business kind of that you were? Yeah, I yeah. mean, if I had had you know, if I had had a Campbell around, they would have been like, "Shoo off, Greg Friedman, Wallace Hester, you've you've treated me badly." So <clears throat> I'm trying to think. So. Uh, then one of my best friends in college uh, named Jim Brophy. I remember when I met Jim, I was like, mm, this guy's not my kind of guy. Uh, he had, he was playing football. I had never been, I never played, well, I, I played football in like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I didn't play football in high school. I grew up in Georgia. I love athletics. I love watching football. Huge fan. However, in Georgia, I think it's a little too big a part of the culture, like who plays football and uh-huh. what. It's not that different from those Texas yep. TV shows about, oh, the town revolves around it. I mean, Atlanta, Georgia doesn't revolve around, um, you know, one high school football team, yeah. but high school football is big. So I had a chip on my shoulder about that. Pete and I one time went down as a, for an appearance thing for Sonic to um, to Atlanta for the SEC uh, SEC basketball uh, basketball tournament. Okay, sure. And uh, I was just, you know, like we stood outside at like the SEC experience and uh, nobody, nobody had Georgia stuff on. Nobody gave a Kentucky. rat's ass about Georgia basketball. Yeah. And, and conversely, I imagine if it was a football thing, you know, like oh, you wouldn't be able to, to see anything but red. Right. And I was a Georgia Tech fan and we had a basketball team. That was the thing we had over Georgia. Mm-hmm. Georgia had a better football team than us almost all of the time. So uh, anyway, uh, when I met, I, I was predisposed not to love football players. And, and when I met Brophy, I just, you know, I didn't really... Uh, uh, get along and and 
Um, through some notion that he just wasn't something you would dig because of because of that, or had well, he done I, anything? I, or you know, it was partly it was partly that I was like, oh, this guy plays football. Yeah. Um. They they tended to be fairly um clickish or whatever. Yeah. But it was just he, he the first time I met him, he was just kind of showing off in the exact same way I thought like a football right. player would be. Right. Right. And what I didn't realize was like he wasn't really showing off. He was just like an interesting guy with like a bunch of ideas, and he kind of was a. Uh, he, he, in some ways, he's kind of shy, but but when he is let loose, he becomes like the center of attention and is very charismatic and so forth. And so I, I quickly learned that no, I have a lot more in common with him than I thought, and ended up you know really great friends with him. So uh, it's funny because I'd say, I'd say of my great friends in life a very high percentage of them I either immediately like or immediately dislike. Mm-hmm. There's not as many that I'm just kind of like, eh, we'll see. Yeah, lukewarm. Huh? Or, yeah. yeah. Um, do you know Do you know of a time when you were perceived entirely different than than you are? Or, uh... um, I, I'm sure, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't. I'm not the best at knowing, you know, how other people... Uh, view me like I listened to part of you were on a podcast uh, what's the name of the the Benjamin's wrestling podcast oh it might be the horseman of the apocalypse but I might have been in like an episode or or an offshoot of the horseman of the apocalypse shout out to that yeah uh, and and good luck to uh, to to their continued success yeah. yeah pops is great and he was like yeah you know I always thought of that guy as kind of like you know, Silver Spoon, like, rich <laughs> Southern kid, which I guess is, like, okay, fair enough, I guess. But I, I don't think of myself that way at all. I mean, I don't I think you mentioned South. James Spader in particular. Yeah, James right, Spader, right. and, like, I don't, that's not, like, I've never had that vibe uh, of myself. I've never thought of me being that way. But, of course, like, you know, it's it's hard to know, um, you know, necessarily how you're how you're perceived. And sometimes, you know, going back to the point about, getting resolutions from other people. I think it's helpful, yeah. you know, to know that that sort of stuff I, sometimes. I wonder if it is. Do, do you, like, if we'd be better off knowing, I guess, I guess in some ways we'd be better off knowing how we're perceived because maybe there's something we're putting on, putting out that we don't want necessarily to be putting out. But yeah. I also could see myself getting so self-conscious if, if I kind of was aware of what people think thought of you know thought of sure. me and basically unknown right just sight by by sight and and you know and yeah. association but not really having you know sampled you know like our actual personalities or whatever right? yeah like, i'll just say two more things on this the first is my dad told me something that was really helpful one time is an obvious point but i hadn't thought about it which is if you don't like somebody they probably don't like you either and uh-huh. if you like them they probably like you and he was telling me more to be like, hey, don't be like so judgmental. I mean, this was like in college days, right? Where I'd be like, they're in the other fraternity. So yeah. I'm not supposed to like them or whatever. Um, so I thought that was helpful. But then the other thing is, I think all the time, you know, one, four times a year, I think this, uh, people talk behind people's backs all the time. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know what the things are that people talk about my about me behind my back are. Mm-hmm. I really right. don't. I mean, I know like a couple things I, I could think of, but I, I, I don't really have a sense of it. And sometimes I think my life would be better knowing that. And sometimes I'm like, nah, it's good. Like, I don't, why, why do that? Like, you don't want to be that messenger, right? Who comes up to me and is like, mm-hmm. yeah, here's the thing <laughs> that everybody thinks about you is that like, you know, you smell terrible. Right. And no one's ever had the like courage to just tell me that. Right. Because you don't, buddy. Yeah. Well, who knows? I do. Um, I do. But uh, anyway, the point being that uh, uh, while it is a good question, can I remember times that I was misperceived? I'm going to go back really to my dad's comment, which is like, if I didn't hit it off with somebody early on and I later did, I there's a decent chance that they had the wrong read on me, just like I had the wrong read Mm -hmm. on them. Um, And I can think of. You know, a lot, a lot of folks. Well, I'll tell what. So one is my friend, um, Kate Eskew, who she moved to Atlanta when, when, and her, her last name is Gilligan now, but, but, um, when, when Kate moved to Atlanta, 
uh, she was an 11th grader, which is a tough, mm-hmm. and I That's had gone fine, to yeah. the same school for 13 years. At that point, I was starting my 12th year at the same school. And it was a private school in Atlanta. And I think it was um, not a particularly easy school to uh, integrate into to begin with. And coming in as 11th grader is tougher than coming in as a sixth grader or whatever. So, um, you know, I, 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 I think it was like not that easy for her on her first day and as it wouldn't be for anybody. And she sat down next to me and uh, a very good friend of mine. And we were like class clown idiots. <laughs> and uh, like she was and, and I thought we like we were pretty funny. Right, because we would just be cracking wise during the class, and I had to like borrow a pen from her and a few other things. Where she's just like, "This guy's an idiot," you know. I'm I've been joined I've joined a school with a bunch of idiots, and you know we ended up like very good friends. She lives in Chicago now; is one of my best friends. Both her and her husband. I'm godfather to uh, their second son, and so, um, you know, maybe if we'd had that first day better, I would I could have been godfather to the first child, but. you know, it, I, 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 uh, I got in. I did okay later. All right, I did okay later. It's freezing in here. Yeah, man, it's it's, cold. it's got me in the forties in here. We're in we're in our basement. We're in my basement, and uh, we can't have the heater on when we record this because it would just wreck the sound entirely. But I think it's in the forties in here. Yeah, that's that's it's, that's all right. I'm I'm enjoying it nonetheless. <laughs> that's not even that's not even a lie. Uh, all right, I'm gonna do a quick one, okay. and then we'll go to you, and then we'll come back to where we started. Sounds good. This one's very quick though. Um, just cause I, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Yes. Uh, eccentric billionaire rounds you up. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. He rounds you up and takes you, uh, it's his henchman, uh, takes you to his manor and you walk into his manor and you're like, wait a second, I've done this before. Cause you walk in and like one of the first things you see is, uh, you see like just a raging fire. Oh uh, no! In the sign, NHL, and then you see oh, nope. Oh, and then you see a bunch of people uh, who seem to be toppling some form of government. You realize that's a revolution right over there, and you have Lord. you have uh, fifteen seconds, and you have to pick one MLS oh, soccer mascot. God. And the MLS soccer mascots are difficult; they're I, like concepts more than anything else. You got to pick one MLS concept or MLS mascot to fight with you against two MLS mascots in a fight to the death. We've I, done this before. While you're thinking, I'll just talk about it. We've done this before with the NFL and the NBA. We both forgot that the Phoenix Suns would be a pretty powerful <laughs> thing to have in, in the NBA. We both forgot Titans in the NFL, but we had good ones in the NFL where you used a jet to defeat like Seahawks and Falcons and so forth. But here... I'm making you do the MLS, a little, little less well known. Uh, what, what's who's on your team and who are you fighting? Okay, great. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you my team and I'm gonna give you their team. And I'm not sure. Uh, I'm only sure that one of these are an actual team. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna take the Chicago Fire. Sure. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm also gonna take the Columbus Crew. Okay. Is there such a team? There is. I okay. Think. At some point, there. Was. I'm gonna need a crew. To, to manage this fire. Okay. And I'm going to go up against the, uh, don't, again, don't know if this is a team, the Portland Timber. Uh, I think that might be right. Let's okay. See. I'm figuring the fire can take care of the, the timber. And, well, uh, sure. and, uh, and I don't, I don't know what they are or if they exist. So I also put on the other team, the Seattle Sounders. Yeah. Is that a, I don't know what the Sounders are. Do you? No. Someone who lives in the sound? Probably. Well, I think my crew can take care of them. So. I'm rolling with the fire and the crew against the sounders and the timber. Great. I think you did well there. Those uh, are all teams. Yeah. Hot yeah. diggity. So here's a couple others that, that you know, could have come up. I mean, a lot of them are like Real Salt Lake. Right? Okay. Or Real Salt Is Lake. Is there something so. like the Miami All-Powerful that I just absolutely blanked on? <laughs> I, I got to think the earthquakes are a good <laughs> okay. one to, to take down a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the earthquakes could, could certainly take down... Uh, I I think the revolution might be pretty strong, but a bunch of red bulls uh, okay, don't sure. make it past an earthquake, right? Right. right. Um, you've got your uh, your crew, as you said. You got your fire. <laughs> you've got uh, your dynamo. Ooh. I, I I don't think a dynamo Ooh. like by I don't know. I yeah I don't know. I'd have to see. I'd have to see that defined in in. Hard, but, but hard, then I thought whitecaps could take down fire, so you don't want to run oh, into the sure. whitecaps later. Right. Uh, with fire on your team. So that's why I was going to avoid having fire on my team. 
Uh, and then, and then the one though that I'm like, ah, I, you got to put on your team is the Galaxy. Oh, of course, <laughs> you got the entire Galaxy. They've got to be. Because I mean, team. I'm, I'm, yeah, I have elements of the Galaxy on my team, but yeah, not the, not access to the Galaxy as a whole for yeah. certain, for yeah. certain. <laughs> All right, Rush. Um, so I, I, uh, the theme is New Year's Revolution, and I was thinking of New Year's almost in like a birthday sense that it's a new year for that person they're starting a new year on their birthday and that made me start thinking of ages and i realized that i still think about all of my friends like they're 27 years old okay despite all evidence to the contrary i still think of them maybe that was the time when we were here and i felt most creative and most together and that i still i still think of my parents as being in like their mid-40s they aren't they aren't at that age anymore right um that sometimes i think of people at the age where i first learned their age and they somehow locked around that time yes so um here's the situation i'm going to name some specific and non-specific people and i'd like you to tell me what age you place them at you know okay. and if it's their real age great but if for some reason like hey this is this is the age and some are professions and stuff so that so that you know like just the age at which you think of of you know the prototypical I love this, yeah so uh your brother how old do you think of your brother as um uh younger mm-hmm. you know and, and I know that sounds stupid but I have this thing which is for people I met when I was really young it doesn't matter. Like I view the people that were one and two and three years older than me, which mattered back then. Right. Mm -hmm. Who cares when somebody's 44 and somebody's 42, but they were the big kids, right? They were the older kids. And so I always think of them as older. Yep. So now if you're like, what about this guy who was, you know, a year ahead of you? Or what about this girl who you had a crush on that was two years older? I think of them now and I think of them as older than me now. Right. Uh So I, I would be like 45 or whatever. But, um, when I think of my brother or when I think of, people that were in grades below me, uh, I, they're still locked at being like much younger uh-huh. in my mind. Yep. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think of my brother as like eight years old, but I think of my brother as like younger and probably younger than he is. So I guess I'd say in the like early thirties. Okay. How about a cop? How old is a cop? Uh, 45 years old. How old is a teacher? Uh, kind of infinite in a way, uh-huh. but I'll also say like, if I have to pick a number, I'm going to say 35. Okay. Um, how old is a dog? Seven. Seven. And the reason for that is that I can't get around the, that's the number of the uh-huh. dog year exchange. How old uh, do you think of your mom and dad? I, I think of them as at their at their current age. Okay. Uh, yeah. How old do you think of a president? President to me is uh, probably, I think of maybe like 60 um, the old, I grew up with Reagan as president and there was something about like, I always thought of Reagan kind of like my granddad almost, you mm-hmm. know, cause he was, he, obviously he was one of the oldest presidents ever, right? When he became president. I think he was, I think he might've been the oldest at yeah. the time. And so I had that notion or left the oldest. I had that notion, but then I have fought against it in later years because one of my things is I think like, I don't really understand why we elect really old presidents. Mm-hmm. Because in most other areas, we like we start de- vitality, aging, we start yeah. aging people out <laughs> right. of making key decisions. In most other contexts, how old do you think of yourself as? Oh, definitely younger than mm-hmm. I am. I mean, yeah, you said twenty seven. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think of myself as some kind of amorphous uh, combination of my like late 20s and early 30s. Yeah, I definitely I think I can do things that I can't. Yeah. I, I I think even when I say 27, for some reason, it like it swings 27 to about 31 or 32. Yeah. Like it's uh, for some reason, it's right in there. That's very similar. How about a mail carrier? Mm, yeah, 45. Okay. How about a six foot, 300 pound duck? Oh, fuck. What, <laughs> I don't want any, anything to do with it. I mean, say like 600, you know? Okay. Because it's unnatural. <laughs> right, I hear you. It's some, so yeah. I'm See, just... I thought of him as four, and I asked Beth, and she was like, I don't know, 300 years old? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Best right. Um, lastly, and this one's the most like weirdest of the bunch, even weirder. Yeah. How, how old's a shadow? Thousands of years old. Okay, great. I think of it that way. How about this one? How, how old do you think God is? Who? Whether you believe in God or not. I'm just saying, you know, we all have a depiction of of God or most of us, right. From when we grew up and what, what it, as a kid, like how old did you think Billion. God was? 
See, I, I thought God, when I was a kid, I, I again, I thought God was like a, a great grandfather type. So I'd be like, God, God's like 80. You know? There was something about, I always thought God would kind of look like and act like kind of like a grandfather. Yeah. Maybe I my, just had good granddads, you know, liked them. My grandmother's been dead for a couple of years. She was 90 when she died. I still think she's 65 years old. You know, or, or it's actually 62 is how old I, I think of her as. I went to my great grandmother's 100th birthday hey. party. And so I was, she's now passed. Oh. She's not oh. 130. But uh, <laughs> I do think, I always think of her as uh, 100. <laughs> okay. So should we go back to where we started? Let's do it to the top, baby. Okay. <clears throat> so as a reminder, here's the situation a revolution has occurred in America and they are wiping out the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. Right. But they're going to allow for three rights to stay in there. You're one of the people that gets to weigh in on your opinion. Which three do you think you need to keep? And okay. just just to help, you may know them all off the top of your head. And the, this is paraphrased a bit, but the First Amendment is basically freedom of speech, religion, yep. and assembly. Well, apportioned militia. Uh, the second is right to bear arms. Yep. Yeah. And, yep. Three. Is three, that quarter soldiers? Don't have to quarter soldiers. Okay. Four. Let's see if you know them all. Um, I know. Everyone knows five. Um, Self-incrimination. Four. Legal search and seizure. Yeah. No unreasonable search and seizure. No warrants without probable cause. Five, you're right, of course, can't incriminate yourself, but but five has some other important stuff into it. So one is no double jeopardy, so you can't be tried for the same crime twice. Okay. Secondly, um, basically five is where it's laid out that you get due process in criminal trials. And that uh, the government can't take your property without paying a, a reasonable equivalent value okay. or whatever for it. Gotcha. Uh, and then I, I'll I, I won't know I won't yeah, know the rest going on. Six is you you have a right to a speedy trial. You can confront witnesses against you, and you have a right to counsel. Okay. Seven is you have a right to a jury trial for anything over twenty dollars. Okay. Eight is no, you can't twenty bucks. They haven't moved that. They haven't moved that number, eh? Yeah. There there have been some changes, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and there are ways that you can get around, you can contract around jury trials in some context now. But uh, number eight is no excessive bail and fines and no cruel and unusual punishment. Mm. Number nine is that enumerated rights are not to be construed to deny un- unenumerated rights. So just because something's not in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights doesn't mean it it, it is expressly prohibited. It okay. has to be expressly prohibited before, you know, that sort of thing. Number 10 is powers not delegated to the U.S. by the Constitution nor prohibited by the Constitution to the states or otherwise are reserved for the states. So that kind of states right point. And I have to thank David Saunders, a guy I went to law school with, who I know he asked this question. He he sometimes goes to high schools and junior highs and talks about being a lawyer. And he talks. He does this question sometimes. All right, Rush. Um, I, I I don't think I completely understand nine, but it sounds like the implications of nine could be enormous. Are yeah, they... we can come back to that okay. maybe later. But well, yeah. I'm picking it. Okay, great. I'm going to keep one, seven, and nine. Okay. So you have kept uh, freedom of speech, religion, and assembly, yep. the right to a jury trial. Jury trial, yeah. And uh, the that enumerated aren't rights aren't construed to deny unenumerated rights yeah so that no one can say uh wait a second the constitution doesn't say that you have the ability to uh, drink a beverage in a park yeah and so we're gonna say that it's a lock you up we're gonna say that it's illegal or whatever um yeah I, i don't know nine is definitely the hardest you know to kind of interpret i mean i think like uh maybe part of what flows from nine is that like the law has to say something before you can't be there's no retroactive laws, right? Okay, yeah. So if 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 someone makes it illegal, or or a great example would be if smoking marijuana is illegal mm-hmm. and then it gets made legal, and you're smoking while it's legal, and then it's made illegal the next day, they can't arrest you for smoking while it was legal the day before, right? Obviously, or like, before. hey, yeah, the, the Constitution doesn't say you can drive around with your wife. Yeah. So it just seems like it's so enormous that there'd only be, you know, what the rest of the, basically the rest of the, you know, right. bill the bill of rights, the amendments and stuff, and otherwise everything else could be 
considered yeah. or considered to be illegal without I think you'd have to be practical though about it too like mm-hmm. it's you know I think it's highly unlikely that all of a sudden um it, it would be deemed that a bunch of other things aren't right Bryce, we're in the middle of a revolution, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what this next, you know, right. this next regime is gonna is gonna want. So, freedom of speech, I would expect almost everybody's gonna take Seems the, like the freedom, gimme, religion, right? and assembly uh, one. But that that was that the number one one for you, the most obvious that you were like, we I gotta make sure I keep that. Gotta have it. Um, yeah. an assembly too is is really you know, yeah, not to be overlooked. I would never have seven on my list. I mean, I think a a a, uh, a judge is you know not going to be as good as a jury in certain circumstances, but the vast, vast, vast majority of my trials, we leave them to a judge. It. The bottom line, though, is that criminal trials are what it's all built for. And of course, if you're, um, you, you may you may have reasons that it's much better to have a jury than a judge I did, in a criminal like, trial because I didn't guarantee the right to have a counsel. Right, and so without yeah, like. Having a lawyer, then I thought a person arguing for themselves might want a a group of peers there to try and to try and listen to try and listen to it. I know you're gonna need three. I know you're gonna need number three because you'll be goddamned if you quarter yeah, British, soldiers. Quarter British soldiers. I, I know. So I know three is gonna be in yours. So free speech, no quartering soldiers. Yeah, I think uh, the ones that I would look at would be one. I would one one I would take. I think I think I'm almost certainly going to take four. Okay. I don't think Legal I can get, I don't think I can get by with with. I think I think eight's kind of a version of four. Yeah, not really, but like eight. I don't want cruel and unusual punishment. But, I don't either, buddy. I right. Just, of course, you know. we all, you know we want all these rights, but <laughs> don't misconstrue my leaving it off for being I, pro cruel yeah, and unusual no, punishment. Understood. But the reason that four <laughs> is more attractive to me than eight is that I think it's more likely. That I'm, you know, not gonna get myself into enough trouble where I'm gonna run into cruel and unusual punishment. But if people can just like, you know, barge into my house and you know search me this here there everywhere for no reason at all, um, I think that's bad. But it's obviously in our society way worse for people that don't look and act. Uh, I'm sorry, that don't look and have the privileges that I do. Yeah, right. But don't keep so much illegal stuff in your house. Then people won't always kind of want. Yeah, but bust I'm less worried about myself on this one than I'm worried okay. about what it's going to do to society to have a uh, consistent illegal search and or um, it would no longer be illegal. It would just be unreasonable search and seizure. Seems really really bad. Uh, I mean, people get mad about the airport. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> the libertarians do. lose their mind about how dare you, you know, like look through my bag at the airport. Never mind but, the sovereign citizens, right? But think about it, everything that could happen, and then. Um, but I think I think I might do, uh, you know, I might I might do five because okay. uh, takings sounds terrible. Just the government's like, oh, I'm just gonna take your house. Yeah, forget about it. I don't have to demonstrate like good reason or pay you for it. Like that's a rough regime. <laughs> uh, not to mention like. All of the stuff in five is like dystopian for sure. Yeah. If it can happen, um, nine is fair because I'm not sure exactly. I can't describe <laughs> no, nine well sounded, enough either. Yeah, it's not like there was way too big a loophole if uh, if I didn't take nine. Yeah, but I think I might start with like one, four, five. All right, all righty. You know what? We have the right to end this podcast. We do. We have the right to to thank uh, Nate DeFort for producing and Julie Nichols for doing our music. The right to thank Emily Cardamus for the uh, artwork. Thank God you preserved the ninth. Oh my gosh! Otherwise, right? we wouldn't have the right to do any of this. <laughs> I think we. I think we had the right to have our website uh, or no, our email address. Uh, here's the situation podcast at gmail dot com. If you'd like to email us with any kind of. Uh, any kind of um, scenarios, situations, comments, yeah. criticisms, we're, we're open to all of it. Please do, because we had like a pretty good log of them, and now we're we're, Tapped, we're, I think. we're running close to tap. Yeah. So, uh, for some reason, over the holidays, we didn't get as many as we had been getting. So, you know, please, if you got situations, send them to us. We'd love to see them. And I think that's about it, eh? That's it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>